0: Welcome back to another episode of the Transform Your Life podcast. I'm Angela Haug, founder of the international online coaching business, Team Ange. I'm an expert in building muscle and losing fat, a natural figure and fitness pro athlete with the UFE, and a lover of everything personal development. I'm a mom, a businesswoman. Most days, I just feel like a hot mess trying to keep it all together. I spent the first two decades of my life overweight tired hating vegetables and living off pepsi i got sick and tired of feeling tired every day and decided to transform my life this fitness and nutrition podcast is dedicated to educating and empowering listeners on all things training, nutrition, and personal development. I'm on a mission to help you improve your body, achieve your goals, live a confident and fulfilled life, stepping into your full potential. So let's help you transform physically and mentally to a person that's been hiding underneath all along. Let's do it. Hello and welcome. We have a fantastic guest that's joining us today, Miss Alicia Bell, but first a message from our sponsor. So some of you guys may know that I started using Core Nutritionals products Almost two years ago now, and they've completely transformed my body. Honestly, I didn't even know that my body could look the way that it could look, but with the support of the core products, I really have been able to see some astronomical gains and some amazing changes within my body. So right now I am gearing up, I'm about 12 weeks out from the UFE World Pro Championships, and I've just started to take the effective fat burner called Core Burn Ultra, and I typically use this just for short stints whenever I'm in a fat loss phase and I find that it really helps with getting shredded losing fat particularly in the belly and in the lower body I also find that it helps suppress my appetite which makes dieting much more manageable so I wanted to share that with you guys and if you're interested in checking it out you can visit corenutritionals.com and if you use the code a you can save yourself some money so that was core burn ultra that I'm talking about and yeah let's get into today's episode so Alicia Bell is a kinesiologist she's named one of Canada's top trainers she's a cover model personal trainer online coach figure athlete youtuber track and field coach fitness model she's also a fellow Canadian athlete and she's on her way to becoming an IFBB figure pro so this incredible woman she's had crazy challenges that have come her way but she just seems to keep on persevering she never lets it get the best of her and she always just picks herself up and Honestly, just keeps on going. She's had tons of injuries. She's been hit by a car. She had a tumor that required some chemotherapy while she was in contest prep, and she really is living proof that although sometimes the journey can be challenging, there's always good things that will become of it. Your consistency will pay off, and do not give up on your dreams. In today's episode, we talk about the daily tools that Alicia uses to stay in a positive headspace. We talk about how she pulls herself up from so many close calls with receiving the IFBB Pro Card. We talk about the loneliness that can happen in contest prep and what she currently does with her nutrition and her training to create the amazing physique that she currently has. She's also one of Canada's biggest fitness influencer, so we talk about how she's been able to build a strong social media presence, and you guys, this conversation is really one of my favorite interviews that I've been able to have on the podcast. Alicia opens up so honestly, so authentically, and just has the sweetest spirit. You guys are going to absolutely love today's chat, so that's enough from me. Let's get into it, my interview with Miss Alicia Bell. Hello. Hello. Hey, Alicia, how are you doing? I'm
1: good. How are you?
0: Good. It's good to speak with you.
1: I know. It's been like in the works for a while, so it's finally good to connect.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. So how are you feeling? Oh,
1: well, you know, tired.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And And you're six weeks out now from North Americans, you said?
1: Yeah, well, actually, it's five today. Okay. (laughs) I've been, like, counting six, and then I realized, like, I'm actually on stage on the Thursday, so that would make it today, like, five. (laughs)
0: Yeah, yeah. Amazing. Well, let's just kick everything off by going back to Alicia in high school. So, have you always been (laughs) athletic, or did fitness find you later on in life?
1: Oh, my gosh. um, Always athletic. Ever since I was in elementary school... Um, My school used to do these like field days, these track and field days, and I would win every event, the throws, the jumps, the hurdles, the sprints. Um, And then my grandmother kind of was like, wow, like my granddaughter is really good at things. We're from a very small town um like the population is about 1200 give or take so it's very tiny and she was like oh there's got to be more than this so she found a track coach in a different like town and drove me every week like three times a week to go train with him because she's like my granddaughter's really good at this (laughs) and then I also played like every single sport imaginable because I just loved sports and I always such a small town that it's like the same core group of people played like every sport or there wouldn't have been a team
0: (laughs) oh my god alicia you are speaking my language because i'm from a place that only has a thousand people and me and my girlfriends were just joking about that exactly same thing last weekend that i played basketball and volleyball and absolutely everything because you just you had to you had no other option so what, what town is it that you're from
1: um it's called plaster rock and it is in New Brunswick, so okay. it's uh, the middle of nowhere.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's amazing. So yeah, continue on. You were on every sports team, and uh, and then what happened?
1: Um, I went to nationals for track and field like a bunch of times from like grade eight to grade twelve, and Canada Games trials. I never made it to Canada Games until later on in life because the age is twenty five and under for track, so you don't peak till a little bit later as a female in track. But I, uh, I always was fascinated every time I would go to nationals, like the girls from Ontario would have more muscle than everyone else. And they were winning everything. And I was just like, okay, well, what are they doing that I'm not doing? And it turns out that some of them were just like, you know, my training was just like, strictly sprinting and like some abs, like it wasn't like rocket science, the person coaching me just had run track before in his life. It wasn't like he was a An educated sprint coach or anything like that and these girls you know were doing like plyometric exercises and they were telling me about their workouts and I I came home from nationals one year I believe it was Edmonton I think and I said to my grandmother like I need to go to the gym I need a gym and we didn't have a gym where I'm from so here comes grandma and she finds a trainer for me who owns a gym in a different town And drove me every day after school, before whatever practice I had that day. So it was before soccer, basketball, volleyball, whatever. She drove me every day to that gym. And the trainer made me, like, a program. I don't even know if he knew what he was doing. I remember doing squats. I don't know. And I would, like, follow this program every day in the gym um, to try and, like, get faster for track. And I'm, looking back, I'm like, none of the exercises I was probably doing were really beneficial at the time, but I was just trying to build muscle because I thought that's what I needed to do. I didn't really know how or what, but I just was like, I need to be more muscular. <laughs> how old were you? That was, I was about 16 when I started doing that.
0: <laughs> okay, so that was the beginning of your weightlifting journey. And how did that transcend into you becoming a bodybuilder?
1: Oh my gosh, I never in my life thought that I would like be in the sport of bodybuilding i always had these big dreams that i was going to be an olympic uh, track and field sprinter like that was my passion um i also went to school for kinesiology at dalhousie after high school because i was still fascinated with why some people were beating me or why i was faster than other people and so i went to school for kinesiology and ran track at dell but um I always thought that I would be a professional athlete, and I thought I would be a professional track runner, and I I pictured myself going to the Olympics, I pictured myself after I kind of gave up that dream, I went to Canada Games, I went to Olympic trials, I decided my passion was really with coaching, and not even in the weight room, but it was coaching track and field. But quickly learned that in Canada, you cannot really make much of a living off coaching track and field. There are a few jobs out there, but they're really hard to get. People who get them hold on to them forever. And uh, like the university jobs and things like that. So I was like, well, what else do I love? And then I was like, I could go back to school. Maybe I'll become a physiotherapist. So that way I'm always like involved in track. And um, like I've coached Team Canada And that doesn't even pay. It's literally a volunteer position. And um, I was like, what else can I do? What else can I do? And I was like, okay, well, I'm good at training people, you know, in track. I can train people in the gym. Like, I'll still love it because I love going to the gym. And so I started personal training, um, got my personal training certification after university. And uh, I worked a little bit in exercise rehab doing, like, you know, kin and just working with people who have been in accidents and things like that. And then I... um, I went through, like, a crazy, like, time in my life. Like, I was always still athletic, still, still always in the gym, just not competing. And one of my friends, Jennifer Trotman, I think she's from actually, like, out. Well, she's in Kempville. I don't know if you're kind of close there, right?
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, and uh, so she was living in Toronto at the time, and she's she competed, and she had came s- – six at the Arnold's and she's won her like class at natural provincials. And she's like, you should compete. You're always in the gym. Like you're always working out. You're always training. Like, why don't you just compete? And in my mind, I have like such a track brain and I still struggle with it sometimes when I compete because there's a clear winner. You cross the finish line, you won. And so to me like competing in a subjective sport was really hard to wrap my head around because it's like really you're going to tell me I lose just because like you might not like how I look today or like you know you might prefer someone's suit or whatever. I was like no I can't. I can't. It's not for me. I don't want to be judged like that. If I cross the finish line I win. Like that's how I want to compete. And I had got a um what's called a molar tumor. So it was like a mass cell in my my uterus that tricked my body into thinking that it was pregnant and they removed it and it came back, which is like the firstly, it's really rare to get. Secondly, it's really rare for that to turn into um, a tumor afterwards. And luckily, luckily me as you know, my style is that I'm that one in like 800,000 or whatever. So I ended up because where it was in my uterus, because I'm so young, they didn't want to, um, go in surgically and remove it because there was a chance that I could lose my uterus so they opted for chemo and when I was going through the chemo treatments like I saw like I was always athletic looking like I was one of those people who just always had abs I never really had to think about what I was eating or anything like that and um I needed uh, like an extra push because I was hating what like the chemo was doing to my body it was making me look swollen and just like I didn't feel like myself and Jen was like you should start a prep. And I was like, are you nuts? Like I'm going through chemo right now. Like I didn't really talk about it publicly. Like not a lot of people knew that I was going through it. Cause they still trained my clients and kind of like lived my regular day because it's like nothing stopping me. That's like, the kind of person I am. But she's like, you should compete. And I was like, okay, fine. And I was like, I just need something because I hate how my body's reacting to this. And so I had seven rounds of it. And by the seventh one, like, um, you know, I was good. And then I kind of just, did my first show. I did I ended in January with the chemo and my first show was Coburg Naturals in in, in 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 April, I think is when it was. March. Yeah. In the end of March was when I ended up having my first like bikini show. And I came last call outs and I definitely was like the most muscular person on stage. And everyone my feedback was like, you should do figure, you should do figure. And I was like, I have like a bikini girl brain and I love the posing and it's like so cute and fun and I love it. And I didn't want to switch. So I like fought my genetics for, ever until I met like Sean and Sean was like, I'm not training, like, cause I asked him, like, I'm like, Oh, I'm looking for a new coach because my coaches were in the States. It wasn't really personable. I felt like the programs were like really cookie cutter, but it was a great place to start. And he's like, no, I won't coach you unless you do figure. And I was like, Ugh. so I went back and forth for like a couple of weeks. And then I was like, fine, let's do it and see what happens. Uh, <laughs> and really turns awesome. out my, uh, my genetics really look great as a figure athlete and not a bikini athlete.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. That is too funny, Alicia. And I absolutely love, too, that you fought so much resistance towards exactly where you needed to go. And I think that happens to all of us, right? Where we get a calling for something that's like, you need to do this. But then this resistance always seems to pop into our brain that thinks either we can't do it or we're not meant to do it or we're not worthy to do it. Do you ever find yourself in that kind of headspace where you don't feel good enough or you you don't feel like you're putting in enough effort or you don't feel as though like you're getting there do you ever get there
1: oh all the honestly all the time and I like try and tell my clients this too like you know I do have that like hard work go-getter mentality but like I have my like self-doubts and like my moments of like I'm training so hard I'm dieting so hard like why why do I keep always being the bridesmaid and never the bride and like you know it definitely like has taught me patience and taught me like I want to do the sport for like the long term and I want to do it in a relatively healthy way so it's like I'm still that competitive person in me still has those like moments of like wow like what what am I doing this for and then I'm just like you know what I just look at my social media and I realize even just me trying to live my life and reach my goals and i'm not even trying to be like that extra like motivator or anything like that but like sometimes it's just, like i post something and i'm like thinking nothing of it it's like this is just exactly what i'm doing today because you know i'm exhausted but i'm still gonna go to the gym and then someone will write me and be like thank you for posting that it like made me want to go to the gym and i'm like oh wow like i'm just saying what actually happened like I'm tired. <laughs> like, yeah. I didn't want to go to the gym. And then it's like it impacts people like you don't even realize. So that's that even on my bad days, I, there's always some message or some something that happens that I'm, I realize like, yeah, like I love being like an open book because people can relate to that because like I'm not superwoman by any means. Like even before your phone call, I was like lying on the couch being like, oh, I wish I could nap. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, and that's real life, and I absolutely love how you show up in such an authentic, real, raw way, Alicia, because I think that's the – that's what's missing in the fitness industry and all these pretty fucking photos is drives me crazy of like this <laughs> ideal, perfect little life. And I'm like, dude, that's not what life's like, especially as a competitor. The real shit is like lying on the couch, wanting to stay horizontal all day, right? 100%. Oh,
1: yeah. Like this morning, I, I, I slept in for what what I would say myself. Like I, I was up at like seven something and uh, I was like struggle bus to try and even like get moving and then I'm like nope gotta go gotta go do my cardio I gotta get up my dogs were mad at me because they're used to going out so much earlier (laughs) but I'm like you know what I'm tired but I still have to do it like it's yeah for me, like I wouldn't be happy with myself if I didn't go do it because I know I'm supposed to.
0: <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And you, you touched on a couple of really cool points there that I want to expand on further, Alicia. So the first thing was talking about the cancer that dragged you down or the um, tumor that came across your path, and I believe you also had a few injuries that <laughs> yes. that that came away came along as well. So. How do you overcome those massive obstacles when they're presented into your life?
1: Well, I'll start in order. So I had torn my ACL playing football and actually I tore my ACL, ruptured my meniscus and fractured the plateau at the same time. So the recovery was a little more complicated than most ruptures. And at the time, like I'm so competitive, like everything's a competition with myself. So it's like I made that my goal was to rehab. And so every day I was basically living to rehab my knee and I wanted to get back to where I was. So I made going to therapy. I made going to the pool to do like exercises. I made going to the gym to do, because a lot of people, once they have their surgery, they don't do all those little silly exercises that they seem silly and monotonous and you don't feel like you're doing anything, but I made it a goal for me to do it. And like, that was my mission at the time. That was what I was like living to achieve was to like, I want to recover and I want full range of motion and I want to be just as strong and just as fast as I was before. So I made that like that into a goal and um, versus, you know, like feeling bad for myself and just like using my time to watch Netflix or whatever. I was like, Nope, I'm, I'm an athlete. We're going to do this. And <laughs> I literally took this is I was living at young in Anglinton at the time and I would wake up early. I would crutch. I was like, you know, life of a trainer when like you don't, you're, you know, you live by your clients, and it's like I couldn't stop training my clients, even though I was injured and I had ACL. I didn't have a car at the time, so I would crutch from my 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 rental unit that I was like living in at the time to the subway. 6 a.m., take the subway to my client's house because I was doing a lot of in-homes, train my clients while I'm in my straight leg brace with my crutches, and then go do, like, rehab, physio, whatever I had to do for the day. Like, I was out of the house all day with, like, when most people are at home icing and, like, doing nothing. I'm like, nope, I've got things to do. So... <laughs> um, that was like the first like major injury. So as soon as that was done, I was like, cool, like, we're good, like, this will be great. And then the tumor happened. And for some reason, I've, I, did, I do a lot of reading. And, and I also worked actually, right after university doing breast cancer re- rehabilitation research in Ottawa at a hospital. And uh, part of the study that I was working on was how these women had beat breast cancer, and how they were. We were using a telephone intervention to get them to lose weight, and a lot of it was like mindset and and talking about like positivity. And we saw so many great results of these women being like so positive throughout their treatments, and they just knew that their cancer was in remission and it wasn't going to come back. And when I had the tumor, it wasn't cancerous tumor, but when I had it, I kept saying to myself like. I have to talk positive, like this isn't going to keep me from living my life, this is, this is just temporary, I'm not going to die from this, even though obviously there was like a chance and like, you know, that's why I had to have the chemo, but I stayed positive the entire time, I didn't change my life, I still trained my clients, I still, you know, was going to the gym and then I got that little extra boost from my friend that's like, you should train for a show. And so even though I was tired, I was like holding water and fluffy, I'm in the gym every day doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And I just to keep my mind off it and just staying positive I and mean, telling myself, like, I know when this is over, like, I'm going to look amazing and it's going to be great. <laughs> I'm not going to, you know, have like, you know, too much atrophy for my muscles because I'm still training. Where a lot of people would kind of like, to them and get down, but I kept going back to the study and just thinking like the women who survived were all very positive and they in their mind they're telling themselves that they're gonna survive like they're keeping things positive. So I tried to keep everything as much as I could positive. Sure I had like down days and like felt sorry for myself and but who wouldn't in like that situation. And it's not an easy thing to go through but um definitely didn't change my life and always kept a goal to like you know go to the gym, use the gym you know to my best interest. And then I was fine. It was good. And I'm training. I did a couple bikini shows. And then I was in a motorcycle accident. And I hurt the same knee that I had the surgery on. And so an entire year of rehabbing that knee. um, And I was just kind of going to the gym. I didn't really compete too much decided to throw myself into a show, a bikini still. At the end of the year, I placed second, but there was only two people. I I will always say that, like, yeah, I placed second, but it was like there was two people. And uh, that's when I first contacted Sean afterwards because I was like, oh, I'm kind of done with my coach. He's like, this isn't what? what i want i want to do better and i something's got to be better and uh so contacted sean and sean's like yeah you but you need to be figure and i'm like ah, i thought i'm on it but yeah so i just every time something happened i just like gave myself a goal and tried to stay as positive as possible and like use that even though it wasn't a competition or anything it was like you know challenge to myself like okay you can do this you can rehab from this like stay positive
0: mm, i love absolutely everything about what you just said there because i think so often experience it could, it's, for example, on my cup of tea today, it said something to the effect of like, something can either be a weed or a flower based on your perspective. And I think it just sheds light to the fact that all of these times when these things could have been very debilit or um, could have knocked you down so aggressively, Alicia, sounds like you were able to focus on your mindset first, and then the other things followed, which I think is amazing. Now, Are there other daily tools that you would say that you use? You mentioned that you do some reading. Do you also do like meditation or anything else that helps bring you back into a positive headspace when perhaps you're struggling with it?
1: Um, Actually, fun fact that you say that I was sent quite a while ago um, this, it's like a a headband and it's called the Muse. And so it it reads your brain frequencies and it's an app and it takes you through. You have to listen for um you know listen to these waves and you're supposed to like not think about anything and relax and every time you think about something the headband picks it up and you hear seagulls so the whole point is that you can like you listen to the waves and you're, you're trying to just not think about other things and every time you do the headband senses it and it's like you hear seagulls and like the waves get louder and a storm comes and like it's really interesting to me and I'm trying to get better at it but I'm one of those people that like okay 10 seconds pass, and then I'm like oh what am I eating later so it's a work in progress for me to try and just like relax um and reading helps I find uh like you know for me I can turn my brain off and just focus on what I'm reading but I also recently picked up it's called the the me journal and it's like a questionnaire keepsake and it's this little book And I just go through it. There's no specific time, but each morning I try and fill out like a couple of questions. And it's got different things in it. There's so many, there's like a million pages in this little journal. And it's like, it asks you like your music favorites or song lyrics that you once misunderstood. Um, Right now I'm thinking, and it leaves a paragraph for you to write. And there's little quotes all the way through it. I filling that out definitely, like, lets me kind of just, I don't know, get out of my own head and just, like, not not stress about things and just, like, it's kind of fun to see, like, the questions they ask because they're things that, like, you normally don't even think of. Like, what was your top five songs when you were in high school or did you ever make up a dance to something and what song was it? Like, just silly little things, but they also, like, bring back really good memories.
0: <laughs> mm, I love that. Where'd you get it?
1: Um, I got it on Indigo. Cool. Yeah. Um, the Me Journal. It's uh, by this guy named Shane Windham. But, yeah. Very my hand cool. Right now.
0: <laughs> Very yeah. cool. And I'll put that in the show notes, guys. So if you want to go and check that out, um, you can do that that way. Now, I'm wondering – You've had a lot of close calls for this IFBB pro card. Let's talk a little bit about that, Alicia. So tell me about your professional pursuit of that. So <laughs> when, was, when was the first time you competed at a national level? And then what has that journey looked like as you've continually been so close to getting the pro card, but only been like one or two spots away?
1: Well, to be honest, and like I was blessed with the genetics of a figure athlete, like the way my body is built. And I've only been competing figure two and a half years. And a lot of people who think who have my, like, you know, someone with my experience and all the places that I have, like, like, I've been doing this for a really long time. I really haven't. I'm 34. Like I'm a baby in the sport. Um, My first national show was nationals last year uh, in July, like exactly a year ago. And I placed third and that was my first national show. And the, The winner of my class who won, she went on to get her pro card in the overall. So (laughs) at least everyone I've lost to has gone on to win their pro card. Yeah. That was my my first taste of like, wow, I was really close. (laughs) A year ago, July, end of July, like exactly a year ago.
0: And then what about this season?
1: Oh, this season is heartbreaking. (laughs) I
0: know. I've been following you and I saw you on stage at the Arnold's and me and my girlfriend were were in the audience and we were like, oh, she's got to win it. She's got to win it. She's got to win it because we just like are such big fans. (laughs) And then, but then the girl that beat you won the overall and got her pro card. Yeah. Um, So, so anyway. Yeah,
1: Yeah. we, we kind of knew the winner after prejudging, we knew the winner, whoever won my class. Like, I don't know if you saw the prejudging. Did you see the prejudging? Yeah, we did. Yeah, so we were kind of, Sean knew whoever won between her and I was going to probably go on to win the overall, just because if you look at the conditioning of, like, the other classes. But uh, my goal, so last year, I wanted to keep going after nationals. Um, I wasn't, I didn't feel done, but Sean thought, and this is where, like, you should, like, I have all the knowledge in the world to probably be able to coach myself, but I don't see things like I should. I nope. see things with a giant cloud over my head. Yeah, we need and coaches, without yeah. a doubt,
0: without a doubt. <laughs> yeah,
1: and uh, I wanted to do the Ben Weider, which was in October, and Sean's like, nope, let's, uh, let's win the Arnold. And I was like, fought him on it for a long time. I don't even think he knows this, but I was still kind of prepping myself <laughs> without, like, you know, you know when you, like, have to reverse out of things and you're still going to the gym just as much? Yes. In my head, I'm like, I'm doing the show. I don't care. Yes. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, I need a break. After, like, maybe, like, two weeks of me in my mind, like, being like, yeah, I'm still going to do this show. Um, it's not stopping me. It's in my backyard. Like, another chance at a pro card. And then I'm like, okay, Alicia, that's that's cute. Time to take a break. Yeah. But <laughs> so I came to my senses. Took an off season, um, and for me, like off season, like I take it pretty seriously because we had goals and we took the feedback from nationals and we're like, okay, this is what we're gonna do, and, and then I just had in my head like I want to win the Arnold's, like it's that's the show I want to win, that's the one I want to win. I'm going balls to the wall, and we completely changed my physique from what it looked like from nationals to to the Arnold's, and it was crazy. As you look back, it's like wow and you only did that in like that short amount of time it's kind of like surreal to be like that's me (laughs) yeah um and honestly going in we thought like wow no one can compete with this like this is this is a pro package this is this is it and you know you never know this is what I keep every time I have a show people are like you're getting your pro card this time you're getting and I'm like no no I'm not I'm going to try because you never know what can happen like anything can happen. So I got beat and hands down, she had better conditioning. She had better leg cuts. Like I might've had more size than her. She beat me on a few poses, especially like the way her glutes are so high. Like I didn't have that. And, you know, heartbreaking as it is, it was like, you know, she, she deserved that. She won like, like congrats. And like, I'm glad she went on a win overall. And, uh, you know, then we, am I, I didn't want to, do the Toronto Pro, but it was always the contingency plan to be like, okay, then we'll just do Toronto, like, no big deal, Um, and we'll get it in Toronto, and after I lost the Arnolds, it was, like, really, I don't know, devastating to me, because I had it in my mind, like, I'm going to win the Arnolds, like, this is it, this is the one, and I had a hard time, like, getting back into prep mode, because I was, like, kind of down, and... I feel like that showed in my physique at Toronto Pro. Even though I won my class, I don't think it was, like, my best physique. I know we made improvements on my, like, leg cuts, which is what they ask for, but I wasn't – and we knew that – we knew who Maggie was, the girl who won the overall, and we knew that she was going to come in with, like, an insane package. And so we tried to bring me in, like, a little bit bigger because she's a, she's a very well-sized, like, figure competitor. And it was the first time in, ever since I've been doing figure that I was outsized, like – Hands down like Sean's like I've never seen anyone make you look because I'm usually on the higher end of figure like I'm pretty large for figure not that I'm huge or anything. I'm 128 pounds on stage but like my muscle is like very prominent and uh, wow Maggie crushed me <laughs> and I looked tiny. And I never look tiny, but again, like you know, so close. My, like I won my class. My, Maggie won the overall, and only the overall got the pro card. So, again, lost to somebody who went on to get their pro card, which is like, you know, I can't, can't, can't be mad. Like I was happy. I won my classes. Two international shows: a first and a second. So then, same thing happened after Toronto. I'm like, oh no! Like Toronto pros or Vancouver pros, so close. I might as well just do it. And uh, I definitely screwed up my posing in Vancouver. (laughs) I was overthinking and trying to make my waist look tinier. And it was just, I don't know why I had a forward lean, which took away from like my overall look. And that's exactly what Sandy, the head judge said. She's like, your posing was better at Arnold's. It wasn't great at Arnold's because I was shrugging my shoulders. But she was like, you know, if you were posed differently, you can show off yourself better. So the... I lost to to two girls. I came uh, third. But what was fun about that show is like I went in with like no expectations. Like the other two, I was just like, no, you know what? I'm going to have fun no matter what. Like it doesn't matter. So I wasn't so sad about the outcome for that one. And it's still like that's three international shows, three top threes. And the, the fun fact about that one is the girl who won the overall was third at Toronto Pro in her class. She didn't even win her class and then she won the overall in, in Vancouver which was like I thought that was insane like that she did that amount of change in, in a, such a short time to, to come in and then win the overall and she didn't even in, like you know yeah. make it to the overall showdown in Toronto so yeah I mean I'm, I'm proud of myself definitely proud of myself um, really close and I just just gotta give it that extra push and I feel like North Americans is all I have to do at this show instead of winning the overall is win my class. I've got to win my class in the first place, and each class wins their pro card. So I am, this is me digging deep for the last, this is it. This is my last shot this year because I need a break. <laughs> absolutely,
0: absolutely. <laughs> You've been going hard for a long time now, Alicia. Yeah. Now, will you bring us a, a similar package with? The goal of having better posing, or what's your goal for your physique going into the I American? want
1: to beat my condition from Arnold's because I think that was my best condition to show. But I want to bring in better glutes, which we we have created, um, with deeper leg cuts to kind of complete everything. And the last uh, Toronto and Vancouver, the cuts of my legs were getting better and better. So now it's literally I'm just. You know, when you when I think back at it, like, I grinded hard in my cardio, like, for Arnold. Like, you know, like, I was going to win. Toronto, I had a hard time getting into the prep. And I, would, I, I look back, and I don't really think I was pushing myself like I know I can. Like, I was doing it, and I was working hard. But, like, I wasn't like, okay, that was a killer session. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. the same thing for Vancouver. It was like, you know, I'm trying – trying my hardest at the time but looking back it's like no Alicia you weren't you were not pushing every session so this prep I literally I don't know if you've been seeing my stories but I'm making it a point to wear a gray sweater and make that thing dark and I am like just giving it all that I have for whatever day that is whatever how much that is for that day but like I am not going to lose because my conditioning wasn't where i know i can get it to and i'm going to like this is like it's five weeks left now and i'm just, just putting it all out there that's all i got left and this is it <laughs> so mm-hmm. hopefully bring back the Arnold conditioning and just with the, the changes that we've made in my legs and glutes, then it just kind of hopefully completes everything.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And for those that are listening that may not know who Sean is, who is Sean Sorry. to you, Alicia? <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's a lot of things. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, so sean is my boyfriend who also owns his own prep company which i was coaching with i'm no longer coaching with it because now i'm gonna focus on my own business because i kind of put mine to the back burner and was like helping him with his and you know coaching for him and then i'm just like you know what like i'm training it right like i am me and i want to be me so you know we we had a little argument. And then things happen. So now I'm just doing my train at right stuff. He's doing his T-Rex stuff. But he's my boyfriend. He's my coach. He's like my best friend. Um, yeah, he's he's everything. Really, he's a, he's he's a definitely a great guy who's changed my life from like not just coaching, but you know, my whole life.
0: <laughs> That's an interesting relationship. And the only reason why I bring that to the forefront alicia is how did you guys cross the line from coach (laughs) and client into i want to have sexy time with you
1: (laughs) (laughs) well i remember so it's kind of funny how it happened like i had ended a relationship he had ended his marriage or his marriage was ending um at the, the exact same time so we were both kind of connected on like wow like you know we both recognized our last relationships weren't so great and we had a lot to talk about. So I was on Facebook one day just ran and I don't even go on Facebook a lot. Like Facebook is not my forte. Like I don't have notifications for it. I miss so many things. I'm not a good Facebook person. And I was just scrolling through my timeline. I think I was, I was sitting at my desk in my living room and I came across this picture and there was these like guys working out flexing. And I was like, Whoa. And I never comment on photos either. And I was like, hey there guys and put like a flex or something i don't even remember and then i had been friends with sean because he used to work for muscle tech and way back in the day and he approached me on facebook he says this i don't remember um because he you know was looking for athletes to manage and things like that because he was an athlete manager but i'm like i have no recollection of that ever happening i don't even know how he if that's actually how he became my Facebook friend, but he says that's why. So (laughs) I never really talked to him, I guess, after that, because I didn't even really know who he was. And then I I was looking and I'm like, oh, he coaches. Oh, I'm looking for a new coach. So then I was like, you know, like started, we started talking and he's like, well, I'm looking for, he's like, I see all your credentials. I see all, like at the time I was doing a lot of like transformations for women. He's like, I see all these transformations. Let's bring you on as a transformation coach. And then we'll eventually make you a prep coach. And I'm like, oh, okay, sounds fun. Let's have a meeting about it. So he comes into the gym that I was working at at the time, which is um, OTC, where Dave Laus shoots. Yeah. And, and uh, I was training my clients out of there. And he comes in and I remember thinking, oh, my God, he's so good. Like, I'd never seen him in person. And I'm like, oh, my God, he's so good looking. And I couldn't even make eye contact with him at all. <laughs> so I'm literally like, just like talking to his shirt. And he he thought that I was just like super serious, and he's like, "This girl really means business." And I was like, "No, I was really shy and intimidated by you. I like, I couldn't even look at you because I thought you were so good looking." Um, and then so he hired me on as a coach. So we were just like constantly messaging all the time, like you know, throwing ideas off each other, and then it just kind of went from there. Like we couldn't stop talking, <laughs> and then that was that. <laughs>
0: Amazing, amazing, amazing. And I love that you guys decided to pursue that despite it being a little bit taboo because I think that having somebody who understands this lifestyle is probably something that is beneficial. Do you ever find that you feel a sense of loneliness in this sport or when you're doing a prep?
1: Oh, 100%. Like, it's, it's lonely. I mean... It's hard to work out with people, because um, you know my friends go to the gym because you know they want to look good in their dress and they're not so serious and they do not nearly as close to the the minutes of cardio that I'm doing. So it's like hard to find somebody that will train as hard as you or as serious as you or and not distract you from your workout. I mean, I have tons of friends who will train hard, but then they're like, "Let's talk about blah 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 blah." And I'm like, "No, gotta get this done." Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, like literally, like you spend, I don't know, it depends on what your your prep is like, but you can spend a couple of hours in the gym like by yourself, um, not maybe not all at once, but like if you, you split it up during the day and it kind of gets a little lonely and then, you know, sometimes depending on like I know you do macros, so it's like a little bit more flexible there. But I I follow a meal plan, so sometimes it's like people are like, oh, let's go here, let's do this, and I'm like, ugh, like I could and I could figure out to make it work, but then I'm that girl that's like, can I get a chicken breast with no oil, no butter, and like it's you know, you're like, I'm not even gonna come like it gets to that point where you're like, eh. and so then like you do miss out a lot on things. Um, I even find, like, I sometimes get invited, well, not sometimes, all the time I'm getting invited to these, like, social media influencer events, and I I have one tonight, and I'm actually like, ugh, do I want to go, like, or can I, should I just go home and eat my meal and relax, and uh, it's just like, you know, sometimes it's like you, you, you can be as social or you can be as lonely as you want in the sport, I think, and, uh. At a certain point in prep, you you kind of just want to be lonely and you want to focus on yourself. So it's like a mix of both. But ultimately, I feel like you decide what you want to do with, with your time and how you spread it out and and things like that. But some people get so caught up that they forget about their friends and family. But you have to remember, like you have to be a person too. Like no matter how hard you're going, like you can't neglect like the people who love you because they're the ones that you know should be supporting you and like you know you need to give them some some you time too. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Uh, it's really interesting that you bring up about the macros versus meal plan <laughs> uh, component because the interesting part is, although I do macros, I have some – I got something going on, but I don't really know exactly what I got going on. But I was diagnosed with GERD, I think when I'm – I want to say like October of last year. And since mm-hmm. that, as much as I've been doing macros, I've cut out like so many things from my diet and I feel <clears> – <throat> really, really great. And I actually just started this week with um, Vince Pitstick from Nutrition Dynamic to try to figure out if I can eat foods or not eat foods, because I'm like, I'm living off of the same foods in rotation, simply because I think those are the only ones that my system can handle. But it's possible Mm -hmm. that maybe there are some other ones. So although I follow macros, I'm maybe not as like to the flexible right yeah oh kind of mentality no what
1: like and I feel like you there's no one way to spin the wheel and I feel like the most successful like macro counters are people who understand not just like you know calories in versus calories out and like amounts but know the science behind the foods that they're eating and like timing and like you know just and they end up even basically making a meal plan out of their macros and exactly you know what I mean I feel like yeah you can be flexible as you want work things in but end of the day like I, I feel personally that the body knows the difference between a carb that comes from oatmeal versus a carb that comes from something processed in like a cookie or whatever yeah
0: yeah <laughs> yeah I agree and I also think that like with both your you and myself if it if I eat something that is not going to aid in my performance or recovery, why am I eating it? And like, as much as I do advocate like balance, I think like, so often, when we're trying to work in those types of foods, you're not optimizing your recovery, and you're not optimizing your performance. And I like kind of like taking all of the mental energy out of that in prep too. like, I don't know about if you're the same way with that. Oh, but yeah. I don't not- want to
1: be calculating and thinking. I do enough for my clients. I don't need to do my own. I just need turn brain off. This is what Yeah, I'm absolutely.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. So what are you doing in terms of your own nutrition right now, in terms of what would a typical breakfast look like? What about pre-workout, post-workout? I'm sure our audience members are interested <laughs> in knowing knowing what you're doing.
1: Um, okay, so mind you – I would, I would never train any of my clients the way my body responds to things. Um, I am very low-carb, and I don't count vegetables as carbs. So um, we – because I'm in the high end of – I get told my upper body cannot grow anymore. And up until about peak week, I still get people that are like, physique, 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 she's physique. And I don't want to be physique personally. I love physique, I think it's beautiful, but for me, I wanna stay figure, I love figure. you know, Doing that fighting thing where I'm like, this is the category I wanna be in right now, this is what I'm doing. And um, if I ate like a regular figure athlete um, to like maintain, build, grow muscle, I would be physique, hands down, like that's what my body will do if I feed it that way. So I eat more like a bikini girl and my calories are pretty low, and um I'm what I what I would call prep keto. So I uh my fats aren't super high and it's more moderate and uh my carbs are like barely non existent except once a week I'll either do a refeed day where I just add carbs to my meals or we'll do like a refeed meal, which would be like a bigger meal, like I'll go for sushi or something with like more carbs in it versus like fats or and, and a little bit lower protein. Um and uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Like I'm pretty boring. That's why I don't really post a lot of my food. And kind of like you, like I rotate a lot of like similar foods, but not because I have any insensitivities, but just because I really love my food. It's not like I'm not miserable eating the foods that I eat. And I'm from like the East Coast, so I've always ate a lot of fish. And that's what I choose to eat, not because I have to, but I love it. And I don't want people, that's why I don't post it a lot because I don't want people to think that they have to eat this way to get my look or, you know, eat that low of calories to like get my look. And so I don't really post a lot of my food. So I'm really just a protein veg girl except one or two times a week and uh, that's it. And I I love it. Last prep, we took out egg whites just to see if like I was having an inflammatory response to it. But I don't really think it made that big of a difference. And I'm really glad that I have my egg whites back because I love omelets. I love omelets. I want to make everything into an omelet. When I went into my off season last year, all I wanted to do was make omelets with cheese. Like that's it. Like (laughs) I could I could have had that for five meals a day. Like I don't know why, but I love omelets.
0: (laughs) Oh, that's amazing, Alicia. Now what about the other things? What are your other favorite foods?
1: Oh, so, if given the chance, like, I'm obsessed. All I've wanted to eat since Vancouver is Mexican or sushi. Like, I love Mexican food and I love sushi. Like, hands down. My go-to, like, treat, I will totally love chips and dip. Like, Miss Vicky's plain chips with, like, um, Philadelphia herb and garlic dip. That is, like, the bomb.com. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and, until Sean... Because Sean sits down every night and has like either like a bowl of cereal or what we call like a fancy bowl is what he'll do in my off season. So literally he just takes random things in the cupboard, adds nut butter to it and makes this like gooey and we microwave it like mixture of just granola and fiber and I don't know, whatever we can find. It's literally every bowl is different. And I never, ever kept nut butters in my house I didn't care about them I never thought about them it wasn't on my mind but holy when I get a chance I could probably eat an entire jar of nut butter now like and that's one of the one things that I always crave after a show like I just want like nut butter and I don't I never even used to care (laughs) yeah but yeah so I love that I'm I'm not like too much of like a donut cookie person it's like more like literally like sushi. I love sushi. Mexican. Like I know what I like, you know what I mean? And it's like, those are the things that I crave.
0: Amazing. Amazing. Well, thanks for sharing that, Alicia. <laughs> I think like a nut butter thing is a fitness thing. Cause I feel like before <laughs> fitness, I never really cared about them either. And then you go into fitness and I don't know why all of us fit girls. Just, we love it once we're in it. I'm not sure what it is. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's the strangest thing. And like, I, cookie butter is good too but like this nut butter thing it's like I found we tried to um my dogs every night like if I say the words like p b or peanut butter um they sit up and they know it's like peanut butter time but I found myself and we give them like the cheap stuff I know I'm sorry I'm sorry um nobody hate me for that but like the craft stuff or whatever and I was I was, like, not cheating on my diet, but, like, literally I would feed the dogs and then I'd, like, lick whatever was off off my finger because I was, like, that desperate for nut butter. And then I had to take it out of the house even for the dogs because I'm, like, nope. Yeah. (laughs) I cannot be trusted.
0: Yeah, amazing, amazing, amazing. Not
1: after my dogs, but like I would put it on the spoon. If there was stuff on my fingers, I would like eat it. Sorry, yeah, like people to think I'm like eating after my dogs.
0: Yeah, no problem, no problem. I'm glad that you clarified that. I mean, no judgment here. I mean, you know, you never know who's listening, but uh, right. let's dive into your strong social media presence, Alicia. So I know some of the people listening. Um, they look up to you and they know that you are one of Canada's biggest fitness influencers. So how did you build this? How did you build that kind of presence and that kind of stature in the online space?
1: Oh, my gosh. I didn't even mean to. So <laughs> after I worked the breast cancer rehabilitation study, I I went to Vancouver because um, I had coached there at a national show and the Olympics were coming and I'm like, I want to live in Vancouver for the Olympics. Um, but I was kind of, I didn't want to coach track. I just wanted like a mental break from things. So I like bartended and served at a jazz bar and, but I still missed fitness. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, So I was still going to the gym. I worked as a trainer briefly when I first went there and I'm like, no, I need a little bit of a break. And I was blogging, um, about fitness and about drugs and sports. And I created this blog and I have this blog. And then I would go through magazines and I would like look through the magazines and I'd be like, wow, I want this product. So I would go and contact the the product and be like, hey, I have a blog. These this is, you know, my social media handles at the time, whatever it was. This was before Instagram. And um, I would love to to try a product and I'll blog about it on my blog. And these are the viewers that I get and um you know i was the worst companies could say was no but i got a heck ton of yeses and i was just like cool like this is awesome like i'm getting free stuff like, this is great and so i was pitching myself like i don't even know what i was doing like i had no idea and then I, a friend recommended the four hour work week to me and I was like oh okay like cool I'll read it like I'm reading all the time so I'm like whatever and the book literally changed my life I was like you know what I'm gonna start my own training business I'm not gonna work for gyms anymore I'm I'm, you know yeah money's good bartending but that's not what I want to do either I want to impact people's lives I'm gonna start my own business so I started my own personal training business and it was funny because the people I had trained when I first went there and I was working at Steve Nash just came to me I didn't pitch them or anything like I just posted like here's my new website this is what I'm doing. And they came to me and I was like, whoa, people watch what I'm doing. This is really cool. And, uh, I was in LA visiting a friend and we were going hiking and she's like, you need to get your Instagram name now. And I was like, what the heck is Instagram? And she's like, you don't know what Instagram is. And it just came out. And I was like, okay. So I got Instagram. I had no idea what I was doing. And I just started literally just like posting my life. And I wasn't trying to be motivational and inspirational. I wasn't trying to get followers. It had nothing to do with that. I was just this is what I'm doing. <laughs> this is, this is what today is like. And like, just nothing curated or no, no, like professional photos. And I started, it was literally like, he's just like posting my fitness stuff. And I remember, you know, I was still at the time, like I wasn't, you know, I was just a regular person doing fitness. So I would go out to bars with my friends and I was posting my friends on my Instagram. Never once did I like think that all the people who started following me are just following me for fitness. I just thought they were just following me, but I was getting like hate being like, Oh, this girl preaches fitness, this fitness, that, and she's out on the weekends drinking. And I'm like, Whoa, what? Like people are watching me like that. Like they care what I'm doing in my private time. Like this is weird. And then I was like, I can, even my friend Mia, like, I know I remember one time I posted, like, hey, my Instagram is not for motivation, this is just my life, and this is what I'm posting, is, like, some, some posts, like, not so harsh or anything, but, like, literally was, like, yeah, I'm not, this isn't what it's trying to be, it's just my life, and then it just evolved, like, not even trying to, like, get followers or anything like that, but then I realized, like, people are really watching what I do, and, like, people want to know what I have to say, and, like, I do have a lot of experience and a lot of knowledge and it's like, I need to be smarter with how I'm like, you know, being seen because people c- care. It's really weird to me, but all right. Like, I guess I'm a fitness professional. I'm not just like a girl living a fit life. Like this is really, people are looking at my social media like this and over the years, like my business name changed because people were getting confused about what it was. It used to be Alicia Bell Elite, and people would be like, Belly Light? What's Elite? What's a Light? Bell Light?" And I'm like, "Oh gosh!" <laughs> and so I did this whole like brainstorming thing with paper and words and searching what was taken and then i came up with train it right and it wasn't taken and i was like well you can't get that wrong and that's basically how come it became train it right because people were getting everything like confused with my name and had no idea what i was or doing or things like that so i was like oh train it right like you can't get wrong with that like everyone who follows me will definitely know like hey like this is like a fitness page and like training um And yeah, it just, just happened. It wasn't even planned or premeditated. It was just like me, just a regular girl trying to figure out life and loving working out and trying to be fit.
0: (laughs) I love it. And I love that you went two feet forward, just like, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm here and I'm just going to keep on showing up. And Mm -hmm. that attitude is like the best to me, just seeing people show up in that way in the world. Cause I think So often people get caught up trying to figure out all the steps and trying to figure out like the blueprint versus just taking action and often imperfect action, but then we just kind of clean it up as we go and learn as we go versus having all of the answers. And that book was a pivotal one for me in my journey as well. Just curious, is there any other books that come to mind that had a significant impact on your journey or on your mindset,
1: Alicia? Oh, I don't even know where it is. Start. I'm such a reader. Um there's been so many and you know what? It's not all books like that, like The Alchemist, about mm-hmm. like, you know, like just passion, and journey, like books about I don't even know, like way back then what I was reading. Oh, I did read a lot of like Malcolm Gladwell's books and um, you know, like Outliers and I always actually, its so funny, I I think back when I was a kid, I collected quotes and I'd print them off on my, like, old school printer and cut them out and paste them, and they're all these, like, motivational quotes, and I'm sure it's probably still at my grandmother's, like, I was, like, that kid that was, like, trying to motivate herself, because I always thought I was going to go to the Olympics, like, from when I was such a little kid. Um, Yeah, and it's just, like, I even my exercise physiology book I still have from when I was in university and I have like torn that thing apart, like reading it and like trying to like, you know, figure out things for like my clients and myself, like way back in the day. Um, yeah, just like all sorts of books like that. Like, it's just, it's interesting to me to kind of think about all the ones that really impacted me because I feel like there's just so many.
0: (laughs) Yeah. No, you shared some great ones there, and I'll be sure to put all of those in the show notes as well, Alicia. So, what's lighting you up the most these days, Alicia?
1: Just the fact that I am so freaking close. It's just like like you just said, like it's um, keep showing up. Like, you know, Vancouver wasn't my time. Toronto wasn't my time. Arnold's wasn't my time. Like, at some point, it will be my time. And uh, I just... I just, I know it, it might, it might not even be this show, but you know, as long as I'm enjoying myself and having fun, like I'm not going to give up and it's not, not in my nature. And I just have my mindset to this like one goal right now and I'm going to see it through and no matter how long it takes, <laughs> it's kind of where I'm at right now. Oh,
0: so awesome. And I can't wait to watch you accomplish it because I'm very much certain that your headspace is like, it, it's destined to to succeed in the sport and to have that pro card. Um, yeah,
1: trying to have the champion mindset is what I call it, but yeah. it's, uh, it's, I'm in it for the long haul. So yeah, if I don't get it this year, it's a little upsetting to me, but it's like I'm not going to give up. You'll see me try again next year. Heck, maybe I'll try for the Arnolds again. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Fantastic. And where can people go if they want to connect with you, Alicia?
1: I try and keep it really easy. Everything is train it right. So trainitright.com. I'm at trainitright on Instagram, Twitter, trainitright. Same thing as Facebook, it's trainitright. So you can't miss me.
0: (laughs) Incredible. Now we do like to wrap up the podcast in the same way every single time. And that is, how would you like to be remembered?
1: I would like to be remembered as an athlete that never gave up despite their circumstances or her circumstances and just, you know, always continued to show up, to be honest.
0: (laughs) Mm, I love it. That's amazing. And I would say just to kind of add to that, you seem to be very dedicated to the clients and the lives that you're touching in your coaching and in the ways that you're showing up on social media and creating such a big impact in that way so I just want to commend you and let you know that you you are inspiring so many people Alicia so just keep on doing your thing girl you're rocking it
1: oh thank you and so are you you're definitely inspiring to me that's for sure (laughs) well
0: thank you all the best over the next five weeks and we will catch you someday soon.
1: Great. Thanks.
0: All right. Bye for now, hon. Bye. Thank you for joining me for another episode. Hope you guys found tons of value from today's interview with Alicia. I am currently 12 weeks out from the UFE World Pro Championships, and I am taking you guys along for the ride, just like last time. So if you want to follow my journey to making my pro debut, you want to head on over to Instagram.com, and my Instagram handle is AngeHouk. Underscore UFE Pro and I'll put all that in the show notes in case you want to follow along. And one more quick little announcement is that our last transformation challenge of the year is officially open for registration. So what is the transformation challenge all about? It is a 28-day challenge. If you want to lose stubborn belly and thigh fat, increase your energy, learn how to satisfy your crazy cravings, and lose weight without giving up wine, chocolate, and pizza, then this challenge is for you. This challenge was designed so that you do not have to make separate meals for you and your family. I promise that you won't have to spend hours in the kitchen Or you won't have to spend hours in the gym doing long workouts. You really can get amazing fat loss results without spending a ton of time working on your goals. So if you are in to participate in our September challenge, it starts on Monday, September 17th. There's only a couple more spots left. So you want to head on over to AngelaHauk.com for all of the details. I'll be sure to put that in the show notes for you as well. We'll catch you next time, guys. Bye for now. Guys, I'm on a really big mission here and I want to transform one million lives, but I need your help. I can't do it alone. I want you to take this episode, share it with just one person. Maybe it's a friend or a family member or maybe a co-worker. Just one person who could really benefit from the information in this week's episode or perhaps a previous episode. That is how we create impact. That is how we get this movement going. That's how we take people from feeling tired and just not having a fulfilled life and we put them into fulfilling their full potential so i challenge you guys to share this with just one person it would mean the world to me and as always head on over to itunes subscribe so that you never miss an episode they come out every single thursday that is my commitment to all of you guys so that you guys can continually grow expand and fulfill your full potential have a great week we'll catch you next time lots of love Ange.